0: of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about using freelance writers to up your content marketing game. Joining us is Steve Pakross, who's the CEO, and Paul Zaluski, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Verblio, which is a multimedia content creation platform that powers modern content marketers and SEO agencies. Verblio's network of 3,000 US-based writers are subject matter experts in industries from astrology to zoology. And their easy-to-use platform offers unique flexibility, quality, and speed to businesses and agencies seeking reliable, trusted partners for content development. And today, Steve and Paul and I are going to talk about marketing in the new golden era for content. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Steve Pakross and Paul Zaluski from Verblio. Steve, Paul, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast.
1: Good to be here, Ben. Excellent. Excellent
0: to be here, Ben. Excited to have you both on the show. Steve, nice to reconnect with you. You were a guest on my other show, the Martech podcast. And today you've dragged your VP of marketing on the Voices of Search podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about SEO, about content, and about who's actually writing your content But let's start off. Tell me a little bit about Verblio so everybody can hear what the business is about in your words.
1: Sure. Verblio is a content creation marketplace, 3,000 writers. And what we do is we put together a new solution for how to create high quality content at scale for every niche for the modern day. So we're trying to take a new approach to how to evolve this platform so that it delivers all of those things and really evolve marketplace systems to attack content marketing. We have about 3,000 active writers. We write 70,000 pieces of unique content per year for about 1,000 clients per month. We're based in Denver, Colorado. We are completely bootstrapped and there are about 30 of us on the team.
0: And Paul, you are the head of marketing at Verblio. So let's talk a little bit about marketing and content marketing specifically. I mentioned in the introduction that we're considering this the golden era for content. Why is today part of the golden era?
2: Yeah, I think that's an apt description, Ben. I think content marketing has been on a steady rise since the mid-2000s, 2010. And that has only been accelerated by this pandemic that has hit us in 2020. We have a great personal story of just how true that is in our own marketing. We put the majority of our 2020 marketing budget into conferences and in-person events. Our two biggest shows of the year were to happen in late March and early April, and then COVID. So we, along with a whole lot of other people, had to make a sharp pivot, and what we pivoted into was content marketing or even more content marketing.
0: Went back to eating your own dog food, or in this case, eating more dog food, (laughs) or drinking your own champagne, however you'd like to say it. Before we get into this year, you mentioned that since 2010, content has been on the rise, what are some of the factors that are driving marketers to focus on content marketing? And what's the performance that they're seeing?
2: I think the big factors are that it works. And also that as consumers get more savvy, as they adjust to this digital landscape that we're in, there's less and less tolerance on the consumer side of things for traditional outbound type models. And You know, as Google has continued to take over the world, people expect to be able to find the answers to questions that they're seeking by searching. And content marketers have figured that out. They figured that they can leverage this. And if done well, it's this beautiful thing where you're helping yourself by helping your end customer.
0: So you mentioned that people are starting to seek out more answers and they're also starting to be trained to understand when they're being advertised to, what are some of the best practices for content marketing to make sure that you're creating value while also delivering business results?
2: It can be a tricky balance. I think there's the content marketer out there, you know, Rand Fishkin comes to mind who is only give, give, give and never ask for the sale. I think there are other people, Ryan Dice of Digital Marketer comes to mind who say, hey, you're going to be put in this permanent friend zone. You're not going to be able to sell if you don't actually ask for the sale. So that is a tricky balance and one that we are constantly experimenting with. You know, we dial up and down the aggressiveness of pop-ups on our blog posts. We're trying to think about that and go deeper, you know, get content in and then retarget people. So I think it's something that there is no one correct answer to, Ben. And you've just got to keep adjusting those dials toward, first, you've got to deliver the value in great content. And then that gives you license to sell against that to make offers to people if you do a great job.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. First and foremost, that people are tired of being advertised to off the bat right? They want to understand who your company is, right? You want to build awareness, build consideration, and then start to think about actually selling. And content marketing is one of those ways that you can build awareness and build credibility at the same time by providing answers to people and let them know that you're a subject matter expert. You mentioned the idea of retargeting, that understanding you're creating a piece of content that might have broad appeal that overlaps with your target market. What are some of the tactics that you've used to try to understand not only who's coming in from organic traffic, but you know, what's some of the ways that you're re-engaging them? Are you just creating content on content on content or are you mixing in other channels?
2: We definitely mix in other channels. When we look at our analytics, I think our average customer comes to our website seven or eight times before they buy. We look at our analytics and see things like someone will visit two years ago and then a year ago and then become a customer. So it's amazing the long-term game that you're playing with content marketing. So we think about it in a couple of ways. One is mirroring our content efforts to our funnel. We spend a lot of time on top of content funnel, but we also enable the sales team with case studies. We put an enormous amount of effort into revamping all of our case studies in Q2 of this year. So that's thing number one. And then thing number two is really being multi-channel. And multi-channel makes attribution more difficult. But we certainly see this where you know someone will originally come in through organic search. We're or putting more into our LinkedIn. And so they'll come back. They'll see something on LinkedIn that Steve has posted. So it's really, truly this multi-channel effort.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So, Steve, I want to ask you a question here. Paul mentioned that you are posting content on LinkedIn, which is not necessarily what we would consider to be, you know, SEO content. It's not organic, but there's still a content strategy behind your social media presence. Talk to me about the role that, you know, influencers and your personal brand has in today's golden era of content?
1: It is a fascinating transition. I've been talking about this a lot lately. So I got my MBA about 20 years ago, and everything was about how to promote your company. None of it was about your own personal brand. Your personal brand was supposed to be away from it. You were a good corporate citizen. And now it's completely in the interest of my company that I promote myself, which is really odd. And I think it's making especially marketers of my generation particularly uncomfortable out there. There's not that many people doing it. But I think it's super important to stay top of every marketing trend. Every marketing trend has its natural life cycle where it starts off, the innovators are taking advantage of it than the early adopters, and then eventually it's going to take off. And if you're not paying attention to those trends, you're going to fall behind. So for us, while content has always been SEO focused, this is really the year where we saw podcasts and LinkedIn promotion and social become as important as driving SEO results. So the way we think about it is if Wednesday is always our podcast, our the Verblio show is the podcast that I started this year to talk to inspired marketers. Got a lot of tips from you on how to improve my podcast in our last conversation, which I thank you for. And so every Wednesday we announce our podcast guest and do some promotion there. We try to do something informational or about other podcasts that one of us is on other days. And then Fridays is supposed to be more of a fun, interactive type of post that drives, you know, it could be any. I'm writing one right now about the Mongolian Empire because Paul challenged me. He said, I make so many references to the Mongolian Empire. If I don't do a post on it by the end of the month, there will be repercussions. (laughs) So I think it's fun to engage on multiple levels. You can talk about stuff you're producing, but there's only so much patting yourself on the back that you can do while getting maximum value to engage your audience.
0: So Paul, I'm going to spin it back to you. Steve mentioned that you you have multiple channels of content and... I'm curious to hear how you evaluate driving organic traffic, your SEO optimization efforts. That's a word I should be able to pronounce on this show. (laughs) SEO optimization efforts. And how do you think about producing content that will rank as opposed to creating something for Steve to post on his LinkedIn? And where are you drawing the line in terms of what is your SEO strategy and what falls into the other buckets?
2: I think one of the biggest shifts that I've made as a marketer since that verbally over the last 4 years has been giving myself and giving the marketing team permission to do things that are not laser focused on seo you know i have an seo background i've been doing it for the last 10 years and the very first changes that i made to the team here were every single piece of content that we write needs to fit into the funnel needs to fit into our organic traffic strategy That has changed over the last four years. We now spend much more time than four years ago me would have been comfortable with on brand content, on content that's pure, let's have some fun, let's get the word out in a different way. So I think that's shift number one. The other thing that's really important and just amazing to see as someone who's a data-driven, SEO-focused marketer is that you know, we've put a ton of effort into our own podcast. We've also gotten Steve on 40-plus podcasts in 2020.
0: You mean we're not the only podcast? <laughs> You're my favorite. Well, <laughs> it goes without saying, and we're also two of your favorite podcasts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> two of our favorites, indeed. But it's amazing to look at. You know, We follow up with those folks. We make sure that we're getting links from those podcasts that Steve is on. They're powerful links because they usually have good domain authorities, but they also are really hyper-targeted toward that audience that we're going after. And we've also seen this really spectacular correlation between brand mentions of Verblio since doing this. You see this pronounced uptick during 2020. Some of it is intentional, some of it is just that second order effect where someone sees Steve on a podcast they mention the brand somewhere else which is just so cool to see
0: the last question I have for you today you mentioned before that you know the golden era of content started in the 2010s and is ramped up this year with the pandemic why do you think the pandemic caused marketers to focus more on their content marketing efforts outside of hey they just lost their budget and creating content if you have resources is free. You Are we seeing different results from content marketing? Or is it just a fact that people don't want to spend money on paid advertising?
1: So I think there's a few pieces to this puzzle. One is that a bunch of channels disappeared. A lot of your conference channels, all the ones that we had planned on for 2020 disappeared. So it's a smaller game to be played. The second is the amount of audience attention has gone up. People are just home with way too little to do. I can't remember the last stats, but at least early in the pandemic, it was seven to ten percent more time spent online for those first several months. And so there's more going in that direction. Budgets going down is a you know, can't be dismissed as how important that is, especially for paid. Paid goes up and down. And I think I have two more points. One is that it's the right time and the right channel for your audience in the pandemic, which is they're coming to you when they're interested in what you have to say. So we have to have a lot of empathy for our audience right now, which is you have no idea who's in trouble, who's struggling, whose business is at mission critical just for survival. And you have to wait for them to come to you at your own time. And content marketing is that beautiful gift. You create it now and it will last forever. And then one thing about the change of the type of content that's coming out is there's, there's a lot more thought leadership coming out. We have a lot more kind of CEOs and executives of the companies that are looking at this as their opportunity to finally get their voices out there. And many of them are coming to us to do things of that nature, which I think is a really nice trend and something that goes back to our point about the executives being very personality focused or forward versus only about the company.
0: Yeah, I think that my takeaway from this conversation is that content marketing is not just blog posts that are SEO optimized. You have to think of your content marketing strategy from a multi-channel approach, which weaves in multimedia type content, your audio, your video, obviously your written content as well. But where you're publishing it, your social networks, your email marketing, there's a lot that goes into an effective content strategy so it can cover the entire funnel as opposed to just your search queries at the top of the funnel.
1: Just following up on that conclusion, I think you're exactly right. But the optimized blog post when we did our big survey of 100 plus agencies earlier this year is still the number one SEO content effective strategy. So you got to do all the new stuff too, but the classic blog post is still the number one way to reach your audience.
0: Yep. Yep. People still read. Good to hear. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Steve Pakross and Paul Zaluski from Verblio. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Steve and Paul, you can find links to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes, or you can visit their company's website, which is Verblio.com, V-E-R-B-L-I-O.com.